Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Well, we've heard a lot about the weekend. Last weekend was amazing. It's You would have heard the reports of the youth camp. I mean, we were there on Friday night and... Uh, I've got to tell you, I've been in a, a, a lot of moves of God, but Friday night was next level. Uh, it was next level. These were young people that were totally open, and, um, and uh, God is doing something right now, and, and it's, it's been building, though. It's not a shock. It's been building. Uh, you would remember last year we... Uh, we received the word of the Lord from the book of uh, Haggai and, uh, and then uh, at the beginning of this year we received you know, the word out of uh, Ezekiel 47 and we've been speaking out of that chapter for six months. I hope you're not bored, are you? I hope you're not bored but it's, uh, it's that one chapter. I don't know, I've been preaching out of it for six months. It's just life. It's a word in season to us right now. And as we've already shared this morning, you know, since March, we've had over, well, well over now, <laughs> well over 160 decisions for Christ. Um, a few months ago, we had 47 water baptisms. You heard last Sunday night, 41 baptisms. And of course, Pastor Don, who loves Pastor Don? He's a real deal, I've got to tell you. He's the real deal, and he cut loose uh, last Sunday night. The meeting went for over three hours, um, and it was just Holy Ghost. And there's a hunger in the hearts of God's people that I've not seen in my time. I've not seen it in my time. I've seen little glimpse blinks of it, but this is, this is really starting to build. And I drove past Don and Julia to the airport um, on Monday and um, you know we were talking about the weekend it was really exciting and Pastor Don said that you know he said that we um, we were experiencing revival and I thought about that because it's not a word I throw around I've been thinking about that a lot and I I believe that we're experiencing a move of God's spirit absolutely absolutely like I haven't seen before but that should result in revival. Don't confuse a move of God's spirit with revival. Revival isn't an event, it's a result. It's an outcome of when God moves by his spirit upon his church. That's not revival. What the church does with that is revival where you carry it, where you let that flow through you Monday to Saturday. Every life you touch, every miracle, every person you pray for, every situation that turns around by the Spirit of God in your world, that's revival. That's revival. Revival's not goosebumps and a, and a touch of the Holy Spirit upon us. I love it. I love that. That's a move of God upon your life. Revival is where you take that and lives are changed. 
I want to read Ezekiel 47, strangely enough, today. Ezekiel 47, verse 3 to 6. And it says this. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was waist deep. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. In verse 6, he asked, oh, that's exciting. That's all right. Verse 6. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. Let's have a look at this right now. We see here that, that God's taking us on a journey, right? He's taking us on a journey. It went, it went ankle deep, it went knee deep, it went waist deep, and then we're in the river. And I think it's taken two years, two years for us to get to that point where this river is beginning to flow. We say yes to that journey. And then verse 7 and 9, it says, When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, This water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Thank you. You see, now we see the result. Wherever the river flows, there is life. We're saying God moves by his spirit, and so we, we say yes to that journey, and we jump into that, and life flows everywhere we go. And the result of that is revival. The result of that is revival. Let's have a look at this. We'll go deeper into this. What Ezekiel had to do, number one, was that he had to recognize the hour in verse 6. He said, son of man, do you see this? And I tell you what, it's pivotal. You, the fact that you see it, it's pivotal to what God wants to do. It's overflowing here this morning. There's <laughs> river everywhere. See, it was so important for Ezekiel to see what was going on. This was a significant time in the history of that nation. Thank you, thank you, Welly. You're lovely. Out of hospital and, clean, and cleaning up my mess. Woman of faith, I love that. I mean, this was the darkest hour in their history. This was a people who were conquered, they were conquered and, and there were 10,000 or more were taken into exile into Babylon, into that season. 
That's, that's where they were. And now God was going to restore everything back to as it should be. As it should be. And he looked at Ezekiel and he chose a man named Ezekiel. His name means God is strong or God strengthens. And I love that. I love that because it's not about Ezekiel's strength. It was about God's strength. Thanks, Chris. That's good. It's about God's strength. His name meant God is strong or God strengthens. See, God was about to do something incredibly powerful and all Ezekiel had to do was recognize it. He had to recognize it, not reject it, not analyze it, not, you know, sit back and just sort of watch it go by as an event that's taking place. No, no. He had to get on board and go with the flow of what God was doing. Isaiah 43, 19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? Do you not recognize it? Amen? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And that is such good news for every one of us here today. I know in my case, I've waited 28 years to see this. I've waited 28 years to see this day. Ann and I said at the beginning of the year, we said, you know what, we're, we're pretty tired. Um, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take a couple of months out this year. Yeah, right. We'll take a... I'm not missing this. We'll take a couple of months out. We'll take a sabbatical. It's the new thing. The new thing pastors call it sabbatical. And, uh, and, you know, we'll take a sabbatical. We'll take a couple of months out and, and uh, you know, get refired and, and filled up again and come back with fresh vision and fresh, you know. We just can't seem to find a window to do that. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I mean, let me challenge you today. Don't miss the day of his visitation. Recognize the hour. Recognize the hour that we're in right now and get in the flow of his spirit. When I see 13, 14, 15-year-olds on the floor for, for hours weeping before the Lord, I know God's moving wasn't a, a, a digital device in sight. I know God's moving. I know God's moving. I know they're hungry for God. Let me challenge those around my vintage, okay? This is really important. You need to get this. Can I tell you today, you're not done. You're not done. And for many I know, I had a picture in my head, you've kicked back that, 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 that footrest and you're in the recliner and you're watching it go by and you're saying, oh, I've had my day. Oh, well, it's good for the young ones. I've had my day. No, no, you're not done. You're not done. You know, I heard on the radio this week, you know one of the biggest challenges in our community right now is that because of the economic crisis, kids are going to school without breakfast. They're hungry. They can't learn. The teachers are frustrated because these kids are hungry. They can't learn. How many schools do we do, Dan, with the pancake breakfast? 
Four, we could do more. We could, no, what's stopping us, folks? You. Flick the switch on the recliner. Come in early. If you're like me, you're up at five anyway. It's just an old people thing. We go to bed at six, but we're up at five. What if we had a team that did all your pancakes? Would that help? Would that get more kids out in more schools? Don't miss this, folks. How many kids were at the camp from the pancake breakfast? Dozens. How many got saved? Dozens. Dozens. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't, don't retire. Don't retire. Not in this hour. I need you. I need you to show up and stand up. We have waited too long for this. I tell you, you might find a new energy and a new strength in you you didn't know was possible. Because you're living with purpose. In this hour, we need purpose. The second thing, you've got to be willing to be led. In verse 6, at the end of that, it says, Then he led me back to the bank of the river. Led him back to the bank of the river. Now, you've got to picture this. He's in the river, and he's loving it. He's on the journey. He's gone ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. Now, now he's in the river. He's in there. This is, these are glory days. Glory days. But the angel led him back to the bank. Not only did he have to recognize the hour, but he had to be willing to be led by God. He had to do the whole journey with God, wherever and whatever that required. It was great in the river. And even though Ezekiel was living in captivity, you've got to know that it, it, it wasn't all bad. He was in Babylon. He was in captivity. But history tells us, it says here, according to the Bible, Ezekiel and his wife lived during the Babylonian captivity on the banks of the Kabar Canal in Tel Abib, near Nippur, with the other exiles from the kingdom of Judah. There is no mention of him having any offspring. Think about it. Think about it. This guy's doing quite well. He's living in a canal estate and he's got no kids, which means he's got to have plenty of money. All the parents said, amen. So he's doing okay, folks. He's doing okay. Now, God wants him to go back and to start to rebuild a nation, which is pretty hard work. Remember the commission that Jesus gave his disciples in John 15, 16. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. That's never changed, folks. That's never changed. Appointed you so you might go and bear fruit. And here's the spoiler alert. The spoiler alert is that the journey that you say yes to will bring a level of disruption to your normal way of life. You ready? Are you prepared for that? 
You say yes to the journey that God's got you on. He'll take you through your journey into the river, into the glory of God, which is wonderful and fantastic. But then he's going to take you to the bank and you're going to pour it out and change lives. And that's going to take a little bit more outside of your routine. If you are willing, if you are willing, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think one of the things that came out of COVID, one of the good things that came out of COVID was that, you know, it just broke everything. You say, why is that a good thing? Because we were comfortable. We, we were content. That's the worst place for a believer to be. Comfortable and content. How easy was it to, to, to travel? How easy was it to, you know, do whatever we wanted to do? It was just easy. Now it's not easy, folks. You've got to be willing to be led. I've got to ask you that question today. Are you willing? At home, sitting there today. I hope you don't have your feet up in a recliner. <laughs> but are you willing? Are you willing? Do you recognize what God is doing now? And are you willing to say yes to the journey? Because I can tell you that the disruption is worth every bit. What you carry in this hour is vital to the move of God becoming a revival. What you carry. Number three, you've got to be the flow. You've got to be the flow. Look at verse 9. Verse 9, swarms of living creatures will, will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Everything will live. That's revival. That's revival. You see, in verse 5, he's in the river, the journey. The journey that's taken him to this point, and it's amazing. He could have soaked in that river forever. This was a good journey. Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, full immersion. It's a great place to be. He was in the flow, but it wasn't until he got out of, river, out of the river that he became the flow. Listen to me. It wasn't until he came out of the river that he became the flow. He became the flow. The best life was not in the river. It was on the banks where revival began. Verse 9, so where the river flows, everything will live. You know, I've seen many moves of God. I've been blessed to see God move in many places. I know in 90, uh, 1994, I was in, over in Canada and Toronto for that outpouring. And I saw stuff that was just beyond belief. 
in the Spirit of God. I've been to Brownsville where, where people, you know, were lined up hours. Actually, actually Don McDonnell was with me. That was a fun trip, let me tell you. And, uh, you know, there, there were people lined up for hours. And when they gave an altar call, hundreds of people, I was in the meetings, hundreds of people would run to the front weeping, giving their life to Jesus. Incredible and powerful. I've been in England with the Goths in Hull where they had a huge outpouring. I saw a, uh, I don't know what you call him, but he was a monk in a robe. What, what do you call those? Franciscan monks or whatever. He had the full robe. He had the, the, the rope around the waist. I saw him doing cartwheels down an aisle in the robe. And you only want to see that once, let me tell you. This little monk fellow just, oh, that's got to be God. <laughs> no one in their right mind would do that. I've seen it, folks. I've been in Benny Hinn meetings and seen incredible miracles. I actually nailed him in a Qantas club once, Benny Hinn, and got him to pray for us. He didn't know who I was. He thought I was someone because I yelled out and said, hey, Benny, how you doing? And he went, oh, oh, brother. Oh, he thought, we must know him. He's still known. So he came over and prayed for us. He didn't know me. <laughs> I've been in Rodney Howard Brown meetings, which, seriously, Adelaide and in Brisbane. We had a, we had a national pastors conference over at COC at Wecker Road. And uh, uh, the ACC had all of the pastors there. Rodney Howard Brown was taking up an offering just taken up an offering and the place was just on the deck people were people were just falling over in their seats he's taken up an offering well that happens here sometimes then. no um true story people people were falling over falling over in their seats and and you know what there's a neighbor up the road lived on Wecker Road, she looked down at the church and she saw fire on the roof of the church. True story, I was there. She called the fire brigade. The fire brigade burst into our meeting in all of their garb, all of their helmets and all of their stuff, looking for the fire. And there were bodies everywhere. I don't know what, I don't know what they were thinking. Young lady in front of us that we knew, Annie knew fairly well. Pastor's daughter suffered with anorexia for a long, long, long time. She was healed in that meeting and had a full life straight after that. Folks, I've, I've seen a move of God and I love it. Don't get, I'm not knocking it, I love it. I've seen a move of God, but that's not revival. Revival happens when we become the flow. We've got to be the flow of God. It's only an event. It's not revival. And it's wonderful to swim in the river, but if you want revival, you've got to be the flow. I think where we've made our mistake in the past is that it becomes like a, a, a Christian Holy Ghost glory time. That wasn't the purpose. That was the event, but it wasn't revival. It's when we fill our lives, our lives are changed in that moment, in the river, in that moment.
when our lives are changed and that we've got something to carry out into a, a hurting and broken world. The very people you rub shoulders with every day that need Jesus, that's revival. When the Holy Spirit says, pray for that person and you're willing. When the Holy Spirit says, you know, pay that person's lunch and you're willing. When you see a need, when you hear a radio thing about, you know, kids hungry in schools, and we say, no, no, that's not good enough. We're going to make a bigger difference than we already are. See, that's revival. And we can sit back as the church in these four walls and miss it. And miss it. Oh, it'll be good in the river. We'll have a glory time. The presence of God is wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful. But it's not the end. Revival's the end. Your kids, your parents, your relatives, your workmates, your classmates. That's the result of an outpouring of the Spirit. You know, we've, have, we've had so many decisions. I've, I, I've never seen this in, in 28 years. And, you, and you know, we're not going to sit back and God's going to supernaturally drag them up the hill. It's not going to happen that way. That just makes casual Christians feel better about themselves. God will do it, but he'll do it through you. He'll do it through you. Why? Because he loves every person. He loves the hurting and the broken. You might be sitting here today, and this could be the first meeting you've ever been in in a church. And so I had some people come in the other week, and they said, this is church? Never seen anything like I had no idea church was like this. They had some current affair perspective in their head about what church is and that. No, no, no. And they loved it. <laughs> they said, this is great. This is amazing. I didn't think church was like this. But when people come in this place, you might be here today and you're experiencing something that you've not experienced before. There's something there's something different in this place. There's something that you feel. I feel it. I feel it in my chest. Or when I know the Holy Spirit's moving, I feel it. I feel it in my chest. And it might be awkward for you right now. You might be thinking, I don't, I'm a bit unsettled. I'm a bit un- unnerving because you don't, you don't experience this out, out of all worse. But God is trying to open eternity in your heart. Trying to open eternity in your heart. And we're all born. We're all created by God. And we're all born with a place in our heart, eternity in our heart. Our spirit is dormant until the Spirit of God comes alive. And and the Bible calls it born again. What does that mean? It means God's Spirit touches your spirit. And all of a sudden, something comes alive in you that you never knew before. And there would be probably 90% of the people in this room can say, amen, know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're sitting here today, I want to give you that opportunity. I want you to say, okay, 
See, my prayer was simply this. God, if you're real, you show me and I'm in. He showed me, I'm in. That's simple. It's not some religious thing. It's not some, you know, spooky thing. It's not that. It's saying, God, I, I, I'm feeling something today. I want you to show me what that is. I want you to show me what that is. I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you that opportunity because you know what? This might be the only opportunity you get. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. So what I'm going to get you to do, because I don't know everyone in this room, I want to pray for you, but I need to know who you are. So if I can ask you, if I can ask you in just a moment to raise your hand, then I'll, then, then I'll pray for you. Is that good? I'll know who you are and I'll pray for you. That would be my honour my privilege. So if that's you, if that's you today, if that's you in this place, and you're going, I, I think something's missing here. I think I need something greater than myself. If that's you, come on, let me see your hand. I'll pray for you. Just raise it straight up, straight down. Don't be embarrassed. I don't embarrass anybody. Come on, where are you? Give me a wave. Give me a wave right now. Don't miss this opportunity. Where are you? Let me see. Just give me a wave and then put it down. Up the back up there, is that right? There's somebody else? Come on, quickly, just lift up and down. And I'll pray for you. Quickly, we'll move on with the meeting. Are you there? Thank you, darling. Thank you. Somebody else? Quickly, just straight up and down. Over there, thank you, darling. Somebody else? There are others? Are there others? Come on. Let me see it because I need to see it so I can pray for you. Where are you? Last time. You ready? You ready? Lift it up over there. Thank you, sir. I know it takes a bit to sort of make that decision, but you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. You can be given a brand new start today. It doesn't matter your past. A lot of people think, oh, I, you know, I'm not good enough. You know, I, I, I did, I've done bad things in my life. Hello, get in line. Say yes and let God and you sort that out together. Amen. Come on. Last time, honestly. The real last time this time. The real last time. Where are you? Quickly, one more. One more. Up the back. Thank you, sir. Over there. Thank you, sir. Are you teasing me? Are there more? Come on. This will change your life. I guarantee it. I guarantee it because it happened to me. I'm not telling you out of a book. I'm telling you out of my life. I know this is real. I know it works. Quickly, last time, quick. Somebody else? You haven't put your hand up yet, but you're going to? Okay, come on. Put your hands together. Just welcome them. What I'll get you to do, what I'll get you to do, I want to pray for you. 
I want you to just, if you just quickly just leave your seat, come on down here. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, come on, just lift straight out. Come on down. Come on down. We'll pray for you. We'll help you go on your journey. A brand new start. Come on, where's those two girls up there? Come on, girls. Come on, give them a round of applause, folks. Amen. Amen. Come on. Girls, and listen, anyone who didn't put their hand up, you come down as well if you feel that that's what you want to do, okay? Don't think, oh, I didn't put my hand up. So No, no, you come. Quickly, just while I pray. It's going to be a simple prayer. We're going to pray, and then Pastor Steve um, is going to get you a Bible and get you connected. Come on, guys. Well done. Well done. Come on. Come on. This is what it's about. Great decision, guys. Can you just repeat this after me? I'm just going to say a simple prayer. Repeat after me. It's really just a kickstart. And uh, we'll get you a Bible. We'll get you whatever you need and help you on the journey. Um, It's a brand new day. It's a brand new start. So just repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, why don't we all, all say it? Heavenly Father, I come to you now. I give you my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. That's it. Come on, put your hands together. If you would go with Pastor Steve, he'll get you a Bible, he'll get you whatever you need. Only five minutes and then you're back in the meeting. Is that good? Only five minutes. Amen. Amen. Come on. What are we going to do now? Who's up? Oh, Pastor Caleb. Give him a great big round of applause. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.